We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. Been one hell of a week in combat sports. If you guys haven't already, check out our pro wrestling episode from earlier in the week, our boxing episode that just dropped not too long ago as well. And today, that means we're talking MMA on the show. Little bit of a quiet, the, the quiet before the storm in the UFC with a huge pay-per-view next weekend in New York, but a good card ahead of us coming this week as well. Also, we have a guest. It's nice to have a guest. And let the, let the record show, we're back on a winning streak. Yeah. We- Last week, it was a tight, close decision victory, but we are back on a winning streak. So make sure you guys stick around for a great guest today, Daniel Rodriguez, co-main event from this weekend's fight. I'll be chopping it up with him later. But Dre, MMA is a weird space. We talk about this all the time. Airs and, and Dana breeds this culture of he doesn't want to silence or mute whoever the person is. You have a lot of leeway to say and do as you please, as long as you're not physically harming someone. Sure. John Jones antics aside. You might even have leeway to do that. Other leagues should not follow this motto and how the UFC operates. And by this, we're starting our show because we got to talk about fake smart people like Kyrie Irving. Galaxy Brain. The NBA finally, you know, got kind of like some common sense in the situation where now Kyrie has been suspended. A report says a minimum of five games. Yippee. Brooklyn sucks anyway. But Kyrie is suspended now, and it took very long to get there. Because for a while, they went full UFC on this. I'm like, he said it. What can we do? And that's so weird of the NBA. And Kyrie doubled down on stuff. He offered an apology, but it really was an apology. It was like kind of weird. It was like, y'all know me. 
I don't say, you know, I love everybody. But he didn't apologize for, if people don't don't know, tweeting a leak, link that led to a video with a lot of anti-Semitic messages. Where shall we start? All right. The reason why it took so long for a suspension is because the NBA has never dealt with something like this before. And what I mean by that is Kyrie didn't say anything. Yes. He tweeted a link. And it becomes a slippery slope when you try to suspend a player for tweeting a link. The problem with this link is it starts off with a quote from Adolf Hitler, A-D-O-L-P-H, Hitler. That's not how you fucking spell Adolf Hitler. It should be right there. It should have said, hey, this documentary is full of shit. Right? Right from, right from there. You spelled Adolf Hitler. You couldn't spell it right. And the quote that they attributed to Hitler doesn't exist. Oh, well, I'll be it's a fake quote. For those, and I've watched like a piece of this documentary, but then I was like, oh my God, I, I'm aware of this. The documentary is about basically the black Hebrew Israelites and black people with the original Hebrews. I'm not going to go down this whole path. But the quote that Hitler says is basically, I got to kill all the white Jews because to help the black Jews. That didn't happen. <laughs> it's not real. All right. So Kyrie posted this link and for the people that looked at it, they were like, oh, my God. Right? Like, if you want to compartmentalize this and say your message is that Jewish people were black, you need to say that. But the moment you share something that says Jewish people are Satan worshipers, the Holocaust is fabricated, and, <laughs> and they need to die, basically, I don't know what part of this you're, you're, you're sharing with the world, but Kyrie refused to tell anybody. Share any of it. Well, because Kyrie wants to be the smartest guy in the room. And Kyrie believes that there is, there is useful information in this documentary. All you have to do is separate the bullshit. Now, I'm not playing a game of three lies and one truth. I'm not doing that with you, Kyrie. I'm not watching a documentary and saying, I got to figure out which one's the truth. Now, listen. This is where it starts to divide our community because I have plenty of people on Facebook saying, oh, Kyrie, we have to defend Kyrie's freedom of speech. No, 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 no. Freedom of speech means you don't go to jail for it. He's paid handsomely. He makes $37 million. He's fine. He's suspended for five games without pay. Big fucking deal. To be fair, that's like $3 million. He's not going to miss it, okay? <laughs> He's not going to miss it. But he has the freedom to do what he wants, but there are consequences for what you do because in a capitalist society, you have businesses that sell to certain people. And if you alienate that group, well, yeah, I have every right to say, I don't, I'm, you're useless to me. I can't sell sneakers to people because of this, because of your beliefs. And ultimately it's a religious belief. Yeah. Now I love Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali is my favorite athlete. I would be remiss to say that Muhammad Ali did not say wild shit during his day. I did not agree with everything that Muhammad Ali said. However, there was a time and a place and he explained a lot of his positions. Kyrie has explained nothing. He tweets a link, and then he goes, how's that promotion? Motherfucker, you've got millions of people that follow your social media, and you post a link with no context. Zero. Therein lies the issue. And now you're arguing with people about this and saying, Oh, you know, it's not promoting. Motherfucker, it's promoting. Why Why do you think you're smart? What's, what's wrong with you? People charge for that on social media, by the way, because it's mon like you can monetize how promotional it is. Yes. If I want to sell something 
and I find LeBron and he posts a link to my shit, he's promoting my shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's really that simple. Easy. So Kyrie has the freedom to believe what he wants. I'm not going to get into the weeds of religion because that's the one place we can't go. Why? Because you can't prove it. You can say this book said this, this book said this, this book said this. But what you, what you can't do is attack other people because of what you believe. Yep. If you want to believe that history could potentially tell, let me tell a story. Real, it's a real quick story. When I was a freshman at Morehouse, me and Ramon Carey, who was in our group chat, we went to a seminar that was held by the black Israelites that told us we were going to learn the truth. And we sat on this seminar and it was a bunch of us in this room. And they started telling us, you know, all the same things that Kyrie, this is why when I watched it, I was like, I know what Kyrie's reading and he's completely wrong for this. Um, they told us like, oh yeah, you know, Jews were originally black because Jesus was a Jew, blah, 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 blah. Again, not going into the weeds and shit. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then it was like, and Ice-T's a Satan worshiper because when he made Cop Killer was a rock song that was made by white people. So only white people would listen to that to hate black people. And I was like, Hold on, cuz. <laughs> how, how do we take this exit on the ramp? I was like, hold on, cuz. Yeah. Then it was like, Suge Knight is also a Satan worshiper. And it went down this path. And I was like, and when I walked out, me and Ramon, for a minute, we was like, wow, that was a lot of information. And then I saw the other people was like, yeah, F these people and F that people. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go read some more books, right? I'll be back. <laughs> and I read and I was like, all right, so a lot of this is bullshit, right? And it's the same train of thought that Kyrie had, except. Kyrie went to Duke. He's been graduated, left Duke. He's an adult. He's a grown man. I was an impressionable 18-year-old kid when I saw this. He was only at Duke for For a hot second. A sip of coffee. But the point being is, like, he was influenced by something that he refused to research himself. And when you want to spread a message that is unpopular at a particular time because you know you're affecting a group of people, you need to give it context if you don't mean to hurt people. He would say he researched it. But he researched it through the same means, YouTube. probably where this documentary came from. The, the school so, of YouTube. Yeah, or he, he, he went and he looked up the group of Israelites and was like, yo, do you guys have more info? And got the same exact info from the same exact place. So, so the point is, is that Kyrie doing this, he, like he says, I didn't mean to hurt people, but you did. Right? And you need to apologize for that. And he's being suspended because he didn't react fast enough to recognize what he did and how it hurt people and to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Yep. And he could have said, there was a piece of that documentary that hit home for me, but the rest of it is nonsense. But you posting a link promoted an entire documentary yep. that it was full of anti-Semitism because it basically said the Jews were Satan worshipers and the Holocaust wasn't real. What? The craziest shit I saw on ESPN was, how do you sell this guy, just going forward, suspension or no suspension, how do you sell him in Brooklyn? How do you sell them to that community? Like this, that's ridiculous. He's that that's going that's going to I don't like DC. Just saying, you know what? Hell with black people. Yeah, you like, can't go to Atlanta and do it. Do it. It's like Chocolate City. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go to San Francisco and f the LGBTQ yeah, community. Like, like you can't do, do that. Like above, every, like just cherry on top of just crazy shit that he messed up on here. It's like, really? This, this is your stance as a face of our team in this community? Like, you don't know what we are in New York in terms of diversity. You don't know how proud the Jewish community is, not only in New York, but in Brooklyn and Long Island. Like, 
Yo. You not know Ellis Island's right? You don't know none of this shit? You don't know where you're at? Let's, let's and the answer clear. is no. Let's be clear. The Jewish people have gone through the Holocaust. African Americans have gone through slavery. Asians went through World War II. A Native lot- Americans are completely displaced. Right. On reservation. Everybody, like a lot of these communities, except for like the straight white European male, has been through something traumatic and it doesn't make any sense for somebody like Kyrie to target a community that has been traumatized and has been destroyed when yours has as well. And to make matters worse, you compounded the situation, knowing what Kanye West is doing right now, knowing your team is in complete disarray. Here your dumbass come, because here's the question. What is his end game? I don't know, man. He... He wants to appear smart. But, but what, what is your goal? By, by posting this link, what did you expect to happen? He's enlightened. And he's enlightening others. Like, it reminds me of CB4. When, when they get on, and then uh, Nation of Islam, like, hands old boy the pamphlet. Uh, uh, damn, dead Mike. Yeah. And then he's just like, now he knows everything about, like, and he just starts, like, yo, you got this pamphlet yesterday. Yeah, but that's 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 Kyrie. Like, Kyrie is different than Kanye in this sense. Kanye is a contrarian. With like, he just he just is nuts, right? He like he yeah. just wants to go kind of culture. I think Kyrie has a good heart. He donates to the WNBA. I think he wants to make change, but he thinks he's smarter than what he is, and he's misled. So now he's a contrarian without a cause. Because when you tweet a link like that, I need to know what your end game is. Like, what do you want when you say the Earth is flat? <laughs> And right, you wholeheartedly believes, it. and you wholeheartedly believe it, and that you don't want to be challenged about it. What is your end game, sir? At least Muhammad Ali had a cause. At least Muhammad Ali was in the the depths and the throes of the civil rights movement, where his friend Malcolm X was murdered, and there was an end game for what Muhammad Ali wanted, where he wanted to see change. When he when he didn't go into the army, the military for Vietnam, it was because he said, "Look, man, we got some issues here. Vietnam ain't never called me out of my name, but y'all do every day." He had a very tangible cause. Kyrie's cause is not tangible. It's not real. And I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying anything about religion. I'm not saying that black Jews didn't exist. We're not going to argue about religion because you cannot prove it to me. Kyrie's arguing ideas. He's not arguing things that I can touch. And because of that, people want to have his back. He's like, he's speaking the truth. Prove it to me. Because I guarantee, just like I did on Facebook, I guarantee a vast majority of y'all, I don't have books on my fucking shelf because I don't read them. I've read everything. I've read Leviathan because my uncle's a five percenter. I've read the Bible. Like, so I've been on both sides of this and I can see, like, if you can tell me what part of your book tells me that, then we can have a conversation. But if you can tell me, I believe it because Kyrie's and Kanye said it, you're an idiot. By you saying, like... Don't point me to a YouTube. No, by you saying... The Jewish-run media has a vendetta against me. When did the Jewish-run media wake up and say, we don't like Kanye? Show me that moment. Because it doesn't exist. You're making shit up to be a victim. And that's what Kyrie is now doing because now he's... Now I guess maybe he'll apologize. He's still part of the Players Association. Maybe he'll apologize. Whatever it is, now you're suspended, but you reap what you sow. Yeah. You were a dumbass, Galaxy Brain. Sit down. Show your work. When I did a math problem in school and I didn't show my work, even if I had the answer right. You got a zero. You got a zero. Show your goddamn work, Kyrie. I'm <laughs> sick of you. There's, there's no work to show. Because <laughs> it don't exist. It don't exist. You can't be showing me Hitler quotes with misspelled names that don't exist and then tell me, you should watch this. 
What? Misspelled Adolf. Misspelled the fuck out of it. Oh, man. That's some shit. All right. Let's let's hit the break real quick. We're going to come back, give our predictions for MMA. Uh, We're going to be giving our predictions for this weekend's card. And then, like I mentioned, we have an amazing guest coming through this week. Daniel Rodriguez talking about his fight. Man, just he's on a roll right now facing Neil Magny, who's kind of like that gatekeeper of the division. Yes, fights everyone. And it's a true litmus test on what you are in a division. So we'll talk to Daniel Rodriguez about that. So you guys don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. All right, as promised, we are back. Time to give predictions. UFC fight night going on this weekend. Should be a pretty good card. Stop lying. I like this card. No, you don't. These last Ooh. two weeks have been trash. Last week, we I had didn't an, see last week. Arnold Allen and Calvin Cater, and Cater gets injured oh, and blows knee. his D out. Yeah. And, but the card, I mean, if you looked at the card, it wasn't great. Abu Dhabi. Chase and, Sherman is on this card. I like Chase Sherman. That's fantastic. But I'm just being honest. Like, this is a light MMA show because these aren't, these are not two great cards. These are like, these are like those episodes of a series that you're like, why are they, why did they just have this episode? Just extend the season? Yeah, because. Yeah, it's where they do like the recaps of like prior episodes yeah. and they just keep going. So it's like Abu Dhabi and Madison Square Garden took all the fighters. Yeah. And now we're stuck with these two fight nights. So stop lying. This is not a great card. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> be better but it's and that's no disrespect to anybody that's fighting on the card no it's gonna be some good action fights and I understand like some people are like it's not a great card yeah it's not like the most evenly matched fights but sometimes I like when people are just there to just wreck shit but I mean and I like un- unevenly matched fights look, 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 look I'm not saying it's not a evenly matched card I'm just saying nobody cares right no no one cares we care this yeah. is our job but for the, the rest of the universe who's if you're listening to the show and you're like I can't wait to get their predictions on this card Okay. Grant Dawson versus Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen, 38 years old. Yeah, and got 12 fights. Yeah. But Grant Dawson, 28, I think that's a, a really good match. That should not fight. go to the decision. No, I'm going to pick Grant Dawson. Me too. But Mark Madsen's not going to roll over. Chase no. Sherman um, versus Josh Parisian. I like Chase Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, cool. I want to see Chase Sherman fight. Sure, we'll go with Chase Sherman. But again, it's heavyweights, man. Anything in Anything in So give me someone getting knocked out at heavyweight. And then I'm taking Chase Sherman for the record. Then Neil Magny, Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah, I know we got to pick Daniel Rodriguez because he's our guest this week. Yeah, I'm right. We do. And because the man's badass, he let the UFC shuffle the pay-per-view around him. He uh, beat Gileong even after the shuffle. Yeah, and he he really lost that. Yeah. I'm picking. I'm picking Neil Magny. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no I'm sorry. For us. I'm sorry. Neil, Mag- Neil Magny's that guy who, if you beat him, it's like, all right, cool. You belong here, like yes. top ten. If you lose, all right, you're where you're supposed to be. Neil Mag. I think Daniel Reyes is good, but I think Neil Magny. He's just he doesn't go away. He's got a lot of tools. He's not. He's a jack of all trades and a master of none. That's exactly what Neil Magny is. And Daniel Rodriguez is good, but I think Neil is better in the areas that he's, he's supposed to be better than him at. Like, he's a better grappler. He's a better striker. All Daniel Rodriguez has is heart. He's our guest this week. <laughs> he's our guest. Give me Daniel Rodriguez 
Uh, he's not. It's not going to be a stop. No. I mean, it's, it's still Magny. If anybody's going to stop anybody, no Magny will stop Daniel Barry. Oh, he choked him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely. If this is the ground, it's a world, world of trouble. But I don't think it will. I mean, weird shit happens in three-round fights. Gotta, gotta pick the guest. Daniel Rodriguez. I mean, yeah. And then Marina Rodriguez uh, versus Amanda Lemos main event. I mean, Marina Rodriguez is rolling. She's beat Mackenzie oh, Dern. Yes. Um, she's like right in line for a possible title fight. She's who she was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm picking Marina here. Amanda Lemos is a great fighter. She's really good in this division. She's had some good wins. But Marina's just, I don't want to say she's different because she's not that different. Like, when you look at the upper crust of the division, this is a wide open division. Uh, Marina's last loss was to Carla Sparza. Wow. I mean, yes, it she was. only has one, yeah. It's Carlos Sparza. Well, and that's, that's a, a weird good loss. person to lose to. It's a weird loss because, like, Carlos Sparza is the champ that everybody's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's losing next week. Right. But yeah, that was her loss. And damn. What is she losing, ne- is she losing next week? Yes. You can only make stuff so <laughs> ugly for so long. Okay. That's one of my favorite Joe Budden quotes. He was like, uh, Heidi Klum left seal. It proves shit can only be ugly for so long. I love that line. That is how Cookie Monster fights. I mean, shit can only be so ugly for so long. You can't do it. Sooner or later, someone's going to rock your block. It's Nah, she ain't going to lull everybody to sleep. It's over. <laughs> it's, she, it's she, over. she slept her way into the... Not slept. Yeah, it's really bad. No. Uh, but she puts while, other people while to sleep. everybody slept, yes, she became the champion. Yes, there we did. go. I gotta, I gotta correct that before like that. you know. The but Rodriguez beat Tisha Torres. I mean, Jessica Aguilar. Like she got really she good. Mackenzie Dern, Mackenzie like, Dern, Amanda Rebus, Watterson, Amanda Reeb, Like she's right there. Like she, if she looks very impressive in this fight, which I think she will. Me too. She'll fight. She may fight the winner. As she should. It matches up in time as well. Yeah. So. I like the skill set. She is as good as she was supposed to be when she got signed. And we all heard everything about her. Um, but I feel like everyone in that division just keeps getting better. Yeah. Look, look, like, but look, man. Division's deep. Let's be honest. Fuck this card. The real card to talk about is Madison Square Garden next week. And that next week, we'll have a lot more to talk about when it comes to MMA. I, I spoke to Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler uh, just yesterday. And I, I can't wait for the Garden card. It is that loaded. Fight, I love the main event. But that fight, most intriguing fight on Yeah, because you know they, they really dislike each other. No, they don't dislike each other. They like each other. It was all, the only thing that, that became an issue is because when Dustin Poirier was asked about fighting Michael Chandler, Poirier was like, ah, you know, I'd rather focus on selling hot sauce right now. Yeah. Chandler took that to heart. But other than that, they have a tremendous amount of respect for each other. I asked them both this. And they Chandler were, trolls that hot sauce constantly. Yeah, he felt disrespect. He felt slighted. <laughs> so he Which, just likes the hot sauce, well, well, not the man. It's funny because what I told Chandler, and I'll go more deeper into this next week, I was like, you were critical because Dustin Poirier said, like, you had more work to do. And what did you say about Islam Makhchev the week before? He's got more work to do, and now he's a champ. So how are you going to be mad at him saying that, and then you said that to the guy who eventually became champion? All that matters is these two are going to fight. It's going to be a hell of a fight at the Garden. Last time Chandler fought at the Garden, Justin Gaethje. That was an absolute war. Poirier's going to give him the same thing. I mean, that, that card, Dan Hooker's back again. Like, <laughs> Guess who's back? <laughs> Hooker's back. The man fights every other day. Uh, Frankie Edgar retirement fight. Carla Esparza, Whaley Zhang, Israel Adesanya, Alex Pereira. Pereira simulated in UFC video game 
his fight with Adesanya and watched it. Completely wrecks Adesanya in the game. It's like, see, even the game knows. It's Did he set himself up for the UFC Jakes? The EA UFC Jakes? Dark, I, I don't, like I said, we're going to dig deep in that fight next week. Uh, another interesting note, um, Henry Cejudo is... <laughs> First, he said Dustin Poirier doesn't belong in the top pound for pound. Then he says he wants to fight Aljamain Sterling, but Aljamain Sterling said, I'm not fighting until the middle of next year. Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> now you want to interim fight. And TJ Dillashaw said, uh, Aljamain Sterling is the most beatable champion. Is he? Because last time I saw you fight him, you lost. You got to stop. Blame your, blame your shoulder. I don't care. They keep disrespecting Aljo. It wasn't even competitive. No, it wasn't. It was it, Like, you were taken down before your shoulder popped out, sir. Relax. Yeah, chill out. So it's going to be a wild week in MMA next week. UFC. This week is not, to be clear. <laughs> Kel says this on a lot of our shows. Watch. Watch there be like four finishes no, no, no. in the five. No, 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 no. I agree with you. The fights could be great. Yeah. But I'm never going to lie to anybody and say, this is a really good card on paper. got to watch it. I just, no, it's, it's a good card. So it's a good card. It's not good on paper. It's trash. It's like, why am I watching you said a card was really good on paper, that shit was a bore. Well, yeah, you have to, you know, the fight's got to play out, right? See? But I'm saying, all I'm saying is, this is a card that there is really no appeal to this card. It's the antipasti. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's so, getting you ready for next week's main so event. fuck? Okay. Uh, whatever. Like, but you, like, just, you just go to a restaurant and just order your main dish? I mean, come on, man. Let's be honest. This is like the Caesar salad. This fight is Saturday. Saturday also has Crown Jewel. All right. Saturday. During the day. Saturday also has Bival and Zerto. Okay. And if in Vegas, I don't know if you got an invite to this. F1 is doing their special VIP event for next year's F1 I'm going race. To that. Oh, I'm going to that. If F, you, did you see how much the hotel rooms are for that? Oh, insane. Like the starting ticket for F1 in Vegas in November 2023 is $500 just to get in. They go up to $37,000. You got damn right I'm going to this shit. I'm going <laughs> to be <crazy>. fed well. <laughs> I'm going to, like, they're doing a live car run, but all this stuff is happening. This is the least of anybody's concerns. Card. But I watch it because that's my job. If yeah. it wasn't my job to watch this, you're not watching. Oh fuck no! <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have nothing else to do, or if you have five televisions, like some people around here, make sure you guys watch this card on Saturday. We appreciate you again. Check out all of our shows from before and earlier in the week. We're still not done though, because we have our guest coming on next. Danny oh, yes. amazing. He's gonna stop by. Oh man, got to run. I'm going to chop it up with him. It's a good thing I got to run, huh? Yeah, because you picked against him. Yeah. Yeah, you got to explain that. So I'm going to chop it up with Daniel Rodriguez. We appreciate you all. As always, don't go anywhere. Daniel Rodriguez is joining us next. All right, everybody, as promised, back here on the Corner Podcast, Kel Dansby with the UFC's Daniel Rodriguez looking nice and comfortable, chilling during fight week. It is nice to see, man. First and foremost, how are you feeling heading into this fight? You're a guy who fights all the time. So I is like weight cutting really an issue for you? Because I feel like we see you all the time in the octagon. Yeah, actually, um, I feel like... Uh... After coming off my last fight, actually, it was kind of like a, a head start on the weight cut. So, uh, you know, uh, as, as you all know, I, I I took a fight right away uh, versus Neil Magny. 
and uh like a week after a week and a half after my fight and uh jump right back in the camp so weight weight is great right now you it's crazy because you're on a seven fight winning streak you got to the ufc in 2020 so you're, you're racking up wins as fast as you can is there something in you that's like you know what i want to take four five fights a year because we don't see a lot of guys being able to do that and now fighting twice three times a year is considered active in the ufc what makes you so different uh just my hunger man honestly um and my age and 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 uh i realize the time frame that i have to work uh plus i feel like i'm in my prime i feel like this is my time and it's time to go you know uh I'm doing I'm doing great I'm fucking uh killing the game, taking out big names, and I got another one ahead of me on the Kome event. And I'm ready to go out there and put on the show, man. When you get offered these fights, I feel like there's a trend here. Cause I've seen one submitted Tim Means, beat up Tim Means. He's a big name, a veteran in the UFC. Kevin Lee got him out of there. He was a veteran in UFC. Then you have Mike Perry. Got him out of the whole promotion when you beat him. He's bare knuckle fighting now. Then you go Lee Jin Leong. It seems like you're not taking other up and comers. If you're trying to climb the ladder, you're knocking off people with names. Is that something you're really concentrating on? Um, to be honest with you, I I got to give props to the UFC on that for for uh, offering me that or allowing me to go out there and do that. You know, I keep on showing up every single time that they need me to pull up on 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 short notice or. Or whatever, and I feel like uh, coming off that injury I had, you know, um, it's, it's go time for me. I feel like I need to make up for a lot of lost time on top of, you know, like I said, like my my age and, and how how I, I see the rest of my career going. You know, it's go time. So, uh, yeah. Doug. You mentioned your age a couple of times. I mean, 35 in yeah. most sports is like, yo, I mean, I'm 35, but I'm, I'm pretty fresh, though. Like, a dude like Neil Magny, he, he, we the same age, but I feel like he got way more mileage on him. Like, he got, like, <laughs> you know, he been through a lot, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm just getting started, bro. Like, I, like, like you said, I've only been in the UFC so, so long. And plus, I, I got, I got, uh, you know, I'm back from a, a long-ass injury. I was out, like, a fucking year. And, uh, you know, I'm just... I'm back and ready to go. Do you look around and watch people like Glover Teixeira, who's running it back for his title, 43 years old? Yeah. Cormier was a champion at 40. You you see these guys, 38 years old, um, in the higher divisions. You see people competing longer in MMA. Do you look around and say, okay, I, I do have time. Like, I'm, I'm just on my path. I'm not rushing. I'm going to get there. Yeah. Yeah, man, I feel like um... – you know, there's a lot of there's a there's a ton of talent in the UFC, man. And uh, and like I said, like I I haven't been through like still I haven't been through like no crazy ass wars. You know, the ones that take a lot out of you. And uh, and uh, you know, like I only been doing this shit like exactly ten years. I started when I was twenty five, and I'm thirty five now. And this whole journey's been a ten year trip. And uh, you know, I'm one of those 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 rare kind of dudes that that you know is like start from the bottom. And and you know can overcome some crazy shit and you know and, and now I'm in I'm I'm in here and doing my thing, fight facing dudes that are tough and durable like fucking Neil Neil Magny and top top fighters in the world. You know I feel like Neil Magny 
is like the kind of gatekeeper to the top fucking dudes. You got to like take him out in order to get to the next level. And I feel like this is the test for me. This is going to determine whether or not I'm ready. And and really, my ultimate goal is just to fight, bro. Like I, I'm just really here to fight. You know, I don't care if it's ranked dudes, unranked dudes. I'll fight fucking the winner of Stephen Thompson and and and, and uh, what's the name? Fucking Kevin Holland next. I'm down to fight. Yeah. Like, just fight, bro. I want to keep on going. I'm trying to, like, you know, I come from nothing. I'm trying to make this money, dog. I'm trying to, you know, I keep winning and I keep putting on a good fight and I keep working my ass off and I keep having, like, successful outcomes. And, and I'm just I'm just all in. You mentioned starting this 10 years ago, but – before then 25 years before then growing up in LA like just growing up fightings in our culture right like yeah. I, I grew up in New York I understand what it's like to like grow up in fightings there were you I mean I've heard stories I want to hear from you <laughs> were you like the type to always fight before you even thought about professional fighting while growing up and is that why your mentality is like yo I'll fight on 10 days notice I'll fight anything yeah, I mean, you know, because I came up, the way I grew up is, like, I could fight any day. I could fight walking to the liquor store. Like, I could run into my enemies at the liquor store, which has happened and shit, you know? And, and like, you know, me being locked up in and out of jail when I was younger, it kind of gave me that mentality for I don't give a fuck. That's why whenever they ask me, hey, you down to fight? Like, fuck yeah, I'm down to fight. Like, this is what I do. It's what I love. It's, it's, it's what I'm trained to do and it's what I've always done my whole life. I'm just, like, one of those, like I said, one of those rare dudes that figured out a way to make it out the system and figured out a way how to like do something where he knows best. For me, that's fighting. When you look back now, like you're 35, when you look back now to when you were in and out of jail, at those moments, did you see yourself getting to to where you're at or, you know, breaking that trend? Like you said, getting out of the system because that cycle is so hard for so many people. Nah, man, never thought that. I was in a totally different time and point in my life at the time so i was thinking about stuff like that you know now now that i'm older and now that i went through that like i'd like to like you know trying to go go back and try to somehow get back to the middle dude sitting in there and i could be like yo look i, I fucking made it. i made it out and that's because like I, st- I figured it out later on but if you start now and that's that's like like that's in you then shit go try it out dog. go go try to pursue Something you can let out your feelings and shit. Uh, you can fucking, you know, shit like that. No, nah, definitely. You know, there's there's so many different stories in, in the UFC, but I think yours is a very unique story that that has to be told. Where not only did you start late, but you didn't start late because you went to college. You didn't start. It's because you know you became a kind of like your environment detailed that. But MMA became an outlet. When did you first get out and say, you know what? Not only do I want to fight, I want to do MMA. Because we, you know, covering boxing as well, I heard a lot of stories in boxing, especially L.A. area. Boxing is more the the wave, right? People box all the time. Yeah. Families, there's history of boxing. What made you go MMA, though, instead and say, you know what? I kind of want to wrestle. I want to throw people around. Like, I want to do all of this. Yeah, instead. it wasn't really like that. For me, it was more of a thing like I grew up boxing. You know, uh, most of my family events, like we used to have parties, family parties, because like Tyson was fighting or De La Hoya was fighting or Chavez, whatever, whoever was fighting and shit, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, all those legendary fights. And that's how I, how I grew up. And uh, I had noticed the UFC like way, way, way back in the day. And but, but like when it was like Tank Abbott and fucking like 
like barely starting off. It was still like in his brutal stages. And, and I remember this one time I had got out of jail and my cousin was like, hey, cuz, what's up? Come kick it. And uh, come watch these fights. So Fu Rampage is, is fighting. And he was fucking uh, fighting Forrest Griffin. I was like, Rampage, you fuck that? That shit sounds cool as hell. Like, I want to see that shit. And and then I was and I was introduced to uh, the UFC and what it had, had become over time. And um, really, for me, I was just a fan, 100% fan of, of like Chuck Liddell. And like I, I started like becoming like a true fan. And at the time, like the way this whole MMA shit had like become to what it is, is like really I was just on. Um, I started having kids and then I started to be like, man, I need to get my shit together. Guy. I can't be gangbanging. I can't be out here acting a fool and fucking going to jail all the time thinking it's cool. Like I already did all that. So really it was just like me trying new things to somehow be successful and kind of like make myself uh, like just live a, live a good life and shit, you know? And, and I had tried everything, bro. I was like doing construction at the time. I had tried to even go to the military. I had tried to like do anything possible to like change my life and shit. But unfortunately, like once you fuck up, it's really hard to like try to change your life and shit. And I, like, I'm one of those stories of someone that made it out because like not many people make it out that system. You're kind of trapped once you're in there. And uh, I made it out through, through MMA and trying to like, just make something else with my life. And I remember uh, I got a gym membership as a gift. Cause I used to always talk about it and, and I walked in the gym and, and I just never stopped going. And right away the coaches were, they liked me and, and encouraged me to keep coming. And I got one of those coaches walking out with me uh, this Saturday. So, you know, it's been grind. Been along for the entire ride. Now that's that's amazing. So you go you go from that to your last fight, UFC two seventy nine. What was it like to walk out in in that setting in, in Vegas in the arena? Not not the apex. Not somewhere like two seventy nine. Pull out the win and finally go from being a fan to getting a huge win in front of all these fans. Do you ever get time to like reminisce? I know you took the fight in like two seconds, but do you ever get time to like think back, reminisce for a second and be like, yo, that shit's wild. Yeah, that was cool. I could, I could remember the feeling of being backstage or like walking into the locker room and seeing my, my name on one of the lockers, like, you know, like with my shit all hanging and looking super fresh. And then I see fucking uh, Nate Diaz walk by and walk to his, thing and I'm like yo I'm in the T-Mobile arena fighting at one of the biggest venues most well-known places in the world uh, you know aside from like Madison Square Garden and all that other big shit you know but uh, fighting out here in Las Vegas on one of the main uh, on fucking Nate Diaz uh, card and and you know I was to be able to be a, a part of like this crazy ass switch up and go out there after a year of you know a uh, couple surgeries was was an amazing feeling dog it was like a rush and to me it's like it's a good ass feeling but at the same time it's just like to me like I, it doesn't matter if it's in a crowd or at apex like i go out like it made no difference you know it was cool the crowd and the emotion and the feelings and shit but apex is something else i'm used to, i like i like apex i like that shit because it's real <laughs> quiet and it's like real like private and you know, it feels like more like like some shit that I like, you know, like going there, handle your business and the cuts, nobody really there, you know, on some G shit. So that's like, plus on top of that, I got the most wins at Apex, 
most fights um, at Apex and and shit. I want to keep. I want. I want to be up there. I want to keep it going. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna keep on getting these wins up there, man. Yeah. So you have Magni this weekend at the Apex co-main event. You mentioned this a little while ago, but Magni is that that test, right? Like that test to go and jump into the top ten to jump into the bigger fights in the welterweight division. And he's that guy usually knocks people down or elevates you. When you're looking at that going into this fight, does it add any pressure for you going into the fight? Is this something, do you feel pressure when, when you know, like, damn, this is is one. Yeah. I mean that, I feel like every fight uh, uh, up to this point is the one for me. Like the last one was one. This one is the one. Like uh, the next one is the one, you know. Every every fight ahead, of, like in 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 the future, is like gonna be the one. But uh, yeah, it adds excitement because you know my name's up there. Some of the top dudes, and I'm fighting the top dudes in the world, and I'm just a fucking hood fool from LA who grew up fucking in some crazy ass environment and learned how to like just not give a fuck and go out there and handle your business and try to like, you know work fucking hard for 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 what you have and shit and and that's what i do man like yeah i've been through a lot of shit but i work my ass off and and that's why i'm here you know so i've i've worked my fucking ass off for this fight uh we're supposed to fight a couple weeks ago i had them getting a a staff infection in my elbow dude was cool enough to still let accept the fight and we got a couple more weeks to train which will make us both even more better ready for the fight so I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see where I stand as far as like all the hard work that I put in and, and all the fucking sacrifices that I made over the years. I've, I've I've lost so much just to be where I am today. I put a lot of shit aside to be where I am today, and and that's why I keep on winning, bro. Because it'd be a waste of time if I went out there and fought like a bitch, you know. And and all the shit that I did was for nothing. So. If you win this fight, and before I let you go and get out of here, if you win this fight, eight fights in a row, you have the second longest winning streak behind Leon in the division, who is now the champion because Kamaru lost. So when you when you're looking at that, you're like, yo, eight eight in a row. Usually the magic yeah, number wish, is ten. I wish it was eight in a row. I got that one bullshit loss against Dolby. You know, so oh. I'm like, I'm like on four yeah. fights right now. Yeah, that was in the middle of it. So yeah, cool, seven and one. I thought that one was the beginning of the year. You're right. It went yeah. two wins and then that fight. Yeah. When, Man, when come to think about it, I actually got, I actually got a, uh, like eight fights at the apex. Because if you count the, uh, the contender series, man, I don't know why. I always, I always be like, you know, the contender series kind of UFC. It's kind of yes. UFC. Yeah. yeah, it should count, right? Like the <laughs> fact that those don't count is weird. Yeah, it should count on my UFC record. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Nah, listen, man. We got to get you some merch, some King of the Apex T-shirts, something like that. We yeah. we need to make this a thing. For real, yeah. I need to do that. You just put me on, put me on a good ass idea, bro. Listen, get get this win. I'll buy a shirt. Let's do it. Let's make oh, this yeah. a thing, man. No, nah, I appreciate it. Um, good luck this weekend. Can't wait to watch you fight. Always exciting. I know all the fans can't wait. So it's a healthy week. And I'll probably see you again in like December, January, back in the octagon, because you know it's, it never takes too long. Down for January, let's get it, Kevin Holland. What's up? Gotta love it, man. Thank you so much, everyone. Daniel Rodriguez, UFC.
climbing the rankings. We appreciate you all for listening. Daniel, thanks for joining us, man. Oh, yeah, bro. Always a pleasure to be on here. Stay right, tuned. Man. November 5th. Hey, yo, everybody check out my podcast, Culture Crooks, me and the homie Sasha, and D-Rod out. All right, bro. Oh, man. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.